him light them off. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. What what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to Bateman Live. It is Tuesday night before Thanksgiving, and so we got a special cross stream promotion. However, we want some great guys in the industry. I love being on the Serious Angler podcast and stream. So I figured I would invite them on here. Got Captain Andrew Full, and then I got Bailey, the kayak expert, over here. So Bailey, Andrew, welcome. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. It's awesome yeah, we, to be we here. Not be able to, yeah, we might not be able to hear Andy much tonight, but you sound uh... really healthy, Andrew. Oh, I am dying, but we are here. It's um, it's been a couple weeks in the full household, so pardon my voice. Yeah. Good gosh, well, dude. It's, it's like straight up emphysema over there. It's not emphysema. I know that for a fact. But, uh, yeah, it's it's rough. I, I'm used to having this loud, like, booming voice, and here I am all raspy and, like, toned down and low. Gosh, dang. Yeah. Uh, if I actually did any kind of post-production editing, I would probably have to filter your voice a little bit. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I would imagine it's it's bad. Right. So yes, Thanksgiving is in two days. So I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I'm actually going to try to stream Thanksgiving night. Uh, we're going to talk Black Friday stuff like that. So you know, this is a bait channel. We're going to talk some baits. But if you guys need to go ahead and plug any Black Friday deals, uh, go ahead right now. Are you talking for us, or are you talking to people in the comments? Yeah, for you guys, for you guys. <laughs> uh, we got a couple things going on. Hobie Iwer sure. is doing one right now that's uh, buy one, get one 15%, buy two, get 25 3 35% uh, till the end of the year. That's pretty cool. Uh, Omni is going to have stuff starting on the 25th, running uh-huh. for four days straight. Um, I can't remember specifically off my head what those were, but Seagar uh, line is like 35% off or something crazy. Uh, I do yeah. know that one off the top of my head. Uh, and Do It Molds is running a bunch of different things right now. Yeah, I saw that. I got some Do It Molds stuff over here. I can paint the camera. Got me a little lead pot oh, right go. there. And I pour, pour me a little jigs in around. They sent that to me. Good people. I actually streamed first time I used that thing. I'm surprised I didn't burn the uh, bait room down, but it worked out pretty oh, good. <laughs> it was Do you have like a... Oh, I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, so I got a big door right here. So just open the door and turn a fan on. It sends it all outside, you know, to so be healthy nice. for the neighbors. Um, but, yeah, so Omnia is running a sale. I know Tackle Warehouse sale is actually live, believe it or not. If you're an email subscriber, uh, you can save 20%. Some stuff's marked down even more. Um, whoa, Rick Klein in the chat. Holy cow. Hey. Are you serious? Uh, wow! If wow. that's the He's real, Rick, if that is the real Rick Klein, uh, we made it, boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to that's say. Awesome. Uh, Rick Klein, you're a legend, uh, and if you're in this stream, then I feel really honored. Yeah. Uh, do you want to see some baits, Rick? That's got your name on them, because I got some right behind me. <laughs> Sense but, it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so guys, do me a favor. Use the Tackle Warehouse uh, link. It's in my Instagram. It's in the description if you uh, decide to order uh, from there. Um, go, on, go ahead and give a warning. They get slammed on Black Friday. So if the website crashes or your shipping's delayed, it's going to happen. 
Um, and then Six Cents is running a huge sale. Uh, 25% off. Use the code BF25. You get tw uh, 25% off anything. I think other than Casey's Customs. And then Waterlands sunglasses. If, if you like the Hobies, go get you some Hobies. I like the Waterlands. Uh, they're doing, I think, 30% off. Uh, mm. These right here, I like these. These are kind of my Terminators. Uh, and the same code sharp. is like... Yeah, they're they're clean. You know, I've wore the Hobies. I can be honest; they're good glasses. Uh, and because of sunglasses, a lot of it's do the frames fit you? These frames fit me really, really good. I've wore Coasts, I've wore Oakleys, Maui's, Gems, all that. Um, these fit me really good. I like them. So we're here to talk like baits, that. though. We'll we'll do some more Black Friday Thursday night. So, golly, I hope I hope Rick isn't sitting there just like making fun of me. That's all I can think about. <laughs> is Rick Klein really watching the stream? He's going to go, I'm going to. That's kind of wild. We need game. a fact check to see if that's actually him, because if it is, that's probably the coolest moment I think any three of us on here yeah. have ever had streaming. Agreed. Yeah, it must be the power of your social media, because this sure ain't mine. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, let's we don't let's not ask questions here. Rick's here. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. yeah Rick, <laughs> let, me pull, let me pull this bait out of here, Rick. So if you're in here, and if anybody, I mean, we're going to talk baits. Let's just talk about it right now. This is the RC 1.5. Okay, mm -hmm. did this square bill? And I'll tell you. Actually, I'm not going to say did this bait. This OG here, it started the square bill craze. Like I know everyone talks about the KVD 1.5 and all that, and you know, Six Sense has got a great square bill. Berkeley's got one. Most companies have a good one. But you think about what this little bait right here did to the fishing industry. It really exploded it. And so you got Rick's name on a square bill. People are like, oh, Lucky Craft, they're 18, 19 bucks. But you know what? When they found out this thing was a fish catching machine, so many companies had to make one. And then you get KVD. He wins a classic on a square bill, and it's like no one had ever heard of one before. What's a square bill crankbait? It blows the scene up. Andy that can't square talk. Bill's just nasty. I'm just uh, nodding. Yes. Yeah. Was that was that a, a blue back or was that a purple back? I couldn't tell. With uh, the, uh, lavender well, shad, I believe it's, it's the color. They actually call it purple shad. Purple shad. I was close. Yeah, I'm lavender, purple, blurple, whatever. Blurple. Um, this is a, I mean, this is just a simple color. Um, it, I fish with it quite a bit. I've got some that I actually fish with uh, when I do go fishing. But, um, you I know, like it's just a, a it's it's simple. I mean, I'm a purple mm -hmm. guy, so I don't care if it was purple and green. I'd probably bought it. But it's one of those colors I'd already caught fish on. And uh, I had a, I believe I had a subscriber say, hey, I got two brand new in the pack. And he ended up sending it to me. They also made one that's a white uh, with a green back. That's a really, really good one. Very similar to like an old uh, Bomber Flat A. The Mark Davis one had that green back. Yeah. I've got that. But just going to let you guys know, if you do find these, if you slide in my DMs, I'll offer you some money. But you can get a pretty penny for the RC 1.5. Mm -hmm. uh, now, there's also another company. Dude like i'll show you something right now i got this in the mail you saw it on instagram so i have a love-hate relationship with these instagram reels 
So I'll make something silly like opening a box of jerk baits. Cool box, lots of cool jerk baits. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's got like ten thousand views. I put up some cool yep. swim bait like this guy right here. This is worth more. I paid more for this than that whole box is. This is a Lancati Psycho Gill. These are really hard to get. It's about a Psycho. three month. It's about a three month wait on this guy. That's a hundred fifty. Why bucks. the? Why the purple? What's the? What's the? What's the theory behind the purple? Was it a night bait? No, I just. Uh, well, to be honest, I, he asked me what color I wanted, and I said something with some purple in it. And uh, this is what I got, <laughs> so you know. Okay. So I <laughs> guess I could preference. throw it at night, but you know, I don't. So I fish this like a weight bait. You can crank it down. Obviously, it's a pretty big bait. I mean, it's it's big, mm-hmm. it's meaty. That's what she said. But it. Uh, so I don't know how much the bass is really going to look at this and go, "Oh man, that doesn't look just like a bluegill." I think he's just kind of going to see the bottom contrast. And mm-hmm. here on the TVA, a lot of our gills actually get like a um, purple haze to it. So, yeah. And I might want to throw it at night, but do these things when when the guy that makes his name is Joey Lanciotti. <laughs> um, he's from, I believe, New he's New Hampshire, maybe. I could be wrong. He's up north guy. And mm-hmm. uh, do people resell them for like three, four, five hundred dollars? Good, good. But I, I'm gonna. I had one. I sold it. I got one of those offers you just can't refuse. And then this summer, I was like, man, I really wish I had that thing. So, oh, uh, yeah, I think we, we, Rick says beautiful point. I guess he's talking about the RC 1.5. Man, I'm just Rick sliding my DMs. I think he, said, DMs. Paint. I, I think he paint. said paint. Beautiful oh, paint. I think yeah. it's beautiful too. And what am I gonna do? Disagree with him? I'm gonna say no, Rick. I think it's all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way to get a bunch of them haters, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get a whole bunch of thumbs down if you disagree with Rick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so what what do you guys got going? Y'all got any new tackle, anything? What, what do you want to talk about? Uh, it's funny. We just got like 80 inches of snow in Buffalo, right? So I rushed my boat to Rochester, and 90% of my tackle is still on my boat because I haven't gotten a chance to winterize it. So I got to do that tomorrow when I get to Rochester. So your boat is in storage. It didn't get six foot of snow on it, right? It did not get six feet of snow. It is in my in-laws pole barn. So I can pull it out whenever I want. But um, most of my tackle is actually in my boat at the moment. And I have my handy dandy OSP box though sitting here next to me. Oh, so I just got some OSP. I got some OSP in uh, from Hookup Tackle. Uh, They're like the the place to get it from yeah like you know i love tackle warehouse got the affiliate deal with them but they just don't get as much uh uh osb oh daniel says he's done some checking it is not the real rick klein oh, oh. Boo. we sure <laughs> we got a fact check daniel's fact check yeah yeah show us some osp andy if you can't talk i can maybe go around <laughs> Your I, I got, and I got some other stuff in there too. I got a depth evoke 2.0 in here. So have you thrown the evoke much? I have a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit. It thumps really hard. I haven't caught a fish on it yet, though, to be honest. But it's got yeah. a it's got a good wide, like hard thumping action to it, but I've caught more on the MR OSP mid runner. That one's got some teeth marks on it, bud. 
a couple, not too many. So what couple. is it about that uh, that bait right there in smallmouth? Like you also started to see some other companies kind of make that smaller profile run eight to twelve foot. Got that kind of odd uh, body shape. So here is an EXDR, and you can tell that one is just about yeah. about chewed through. Um, so <clears throat> the best part about this bait is how the profile on it. It's got flat top. It's slender, but it's still round. So when you rip it through the water, it dives really quick, almost straight down. Mm-hmm. And it has almost zero resistance on the rod as you're burning it. So you can fish it all day long. And I think it has something to do with like this single rattle in it. I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a yep, single tungsten rattle and it has a honeycomb plastic like dip to it body that right. makes that half is half half the weight of like your traditional crankbait. So it gets down quicker. It can be fish deeper. This little dude will run. 15 foot on 10 pound test yeah so i think uh that's kind of like critical especially for smallmouth not that smallmouth don't bite big baits but for some reason that smaller profile they really really key on especially even here on the tennessee river you know bailey just had you know mr menendez on his stream not been in the uh you know boat with him he likes it it's series three which is similar to like a bandit 200 but that 3XD, that it's still got a smaller profile. I use a, a bait. I don't know if I got one over here handy. I was kind of looking. If I grab the right box, this is going to be good. If I grab the wrong box, we're going to clean up the bait room tonight. But uh, it's like there's actually two. But but that small profile and deep diver. This is bad, guys. This is really bad. I'll I found it thing. super interesting when we had Menendez on that he said so many people talk about the the KPD 1.5s, the jerk baits, the sexy dogs, the 6XDs, mm-hmm. but nobody talks about like a Series 3 and he said if you talk to any Strike King pro like a no him chances. or a KVD Series, series 5 three, for yeah. Series 5. Yeah. So kind of wild. That's a true statement. Like that's not a blowing smoke here to promote the Series 5. That's a true statement. And believe it or not when I was in uh doing the tackle sales thing or whatnot dude i sold just as many series five as anything else you know six xd is really popular but series five it's kind of on the opposite spectrum of like the blitz and uh some other baits i got a whole box full of baits very similar here but you kind of got a bigger body uh (laughs) the lips not overly huge it's just a really good dives 11 to 14 foot depending on what line you want to use 12 is a really good standard for that bait um but it's got a it's got a really good side to side of wobble and it and what that does when it's coming through it just doesn't hang up a lot so you can crank it in stumps off the top of bars um through timber it it comes through really good Um, a lot of people don't know this um, but this 10XD is actually an upsized body of the Series 5. Because if you ever look at a 10XD, an 8, and a 6, their body is totally different. So the 8's modeled after the 6, the 10 is modeled after a Series 5. So, Interesting. Uh, Darius said he smashed him on an A-Rig today. Oh, God, we got a guy with a professional microphone in here. All right, guys, oh. welcome welcome Adam Deacon to the stream here. He is part of the Series 
Angler Podcast, Streamcast Network, whatever you want to call it, Bailey. You just got you a little. <laughs> yeah. We got our we got our tackle tinker over here. We have our business guy here, and then the Looney Tune is me. But yeah, you got the whole crew. Right. Oh, scary. <laughs> right. When Andy was talking. Here, I got me an OSP right here. This is a Blitz MR. This might be yeah. the same one Andy had. That was the first one I held up. Hold on. Yep. I don't know where I put yeah. it. Mine looks okay, a lot newer too. for some reason. Well, you should throw it and catch some fish on it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Andy, the uh Andy put me on to OSP, man. I used to be the kind of guy hater. back that was like, yeah. I would say hater. I would say hater. I was the... Crankbait is a crankbait. Like, if you're going to throw that, I'm going to throw oh, a rock crawler. Oh, out. man. I, I, We're going to catch the same thing. And he That's the kind of smoked. people I make fun of on TikTok when they make their TikToks and like, why do you guys spend $12 on a crankbait? All crankbaits are crankbaits. I can go buy Ozark Trail and I can catch you just as many fish as you can. Uh, yeah. right. I wasn't that extreme, but I was definitely on the side of like, I don't need this crazy expensive crankbait till Andy waxed me on it. And yeah. I am now a believer in expensive crankbaits i should say <laughs> yeah they're kind of my thing uh not just expensive I, I, i'm on nowhere near the best crankbait fisherman out there i wouldn't even say i'm really that good i just like throwing them and they're a cool bait to learn the ins and outs of so this is a similar style bait this is from lucky craft and this is the old skeet mini uh dr so one thing that's cool about this bait is it's kind of got a square lip on it uh, so it, it's good around cover, but you see it's still got a small profile. This thing dives 8 to 10 foot on 12-pound line. Uh, one of my favorite baits actually in the spring. You know, Strike King had that 1.5 DD square bill. It's okay. I mean, I'm not going to hate on it, but I think it was rushing in. Six Cents has got this one that I really like. Very similar bait. This is the Mini 250. So... The only real difference is you got more of a thumbnail bill. So this is more like, like a striking Series 3 right here. Speaking of Menendez, here it is. That's the Series 3 from Striking. If you'll notice that bill, they've got that mm -hmm. thumbnail stale bill. I can't tell you how many big smallmouth I caught on a 3XD. Dude, 3XDs are, are legit. I love that bait. Really? Or smallmouth. So, yeah. so this is the one we like here on... You know, on Kentucky Lake, it's a Series 3. But... It doesn't you know, go as deep, right? That's the... It doesn't go as deep. It's got a different action, too. Hmm. So, you know, like, I, I'll be with Mark, and he may have four cranking rods rigged up, and he's got a Series 3, Series 4, 3XD, and then something off the wall. Um, but this little box here, man, it gets a lot of play. These baits right here, you know, I got I got some We Rs. I got some Norman Little Ends, stuff like that. Uh, this thing gets a lot of play this time of year. For some reason, if you can get a bait that dives in the 8 to 12 foot range, but it's got a small profile because we got a lot of thread fin, yellow tails, stuff like that. It's the same style profile. Plus, it's, you know, it's not hard to find that stuff. Right. All right. Yeah, let's, we let's, don't have too much of that thin, like that thin bait up here. A lot of our stuff is like alive. So, like, you're. DTs, mm -hmm. you're like a series five, that type of style, like from a profile standpoint, at least up here in the Northeast does really well. Uh, I go, go, go to chat here real quick. Uh, chat's getting wild. I like that. Uh, first, we got a $5 make you holla. 
from Hunter Nixon. Hunter, what's up, man? He says, if I could catch a bass on one technique the rest of my life, it would be a square bill. Nothing like getting a square bill bite. I, I, I love a cranking bite, period. Uh, mm -hmm. all right, so let's just ask you all the question. If you could get one bite on any bait out there, we'll run the round table. I'm going to have Deacon go first because he's been quiet as hell over there. With all his, he's got oh, all these trophies in the background trying to freaking... Oh. Nice flex, bud. First time on the stream. <laughs> exactly right. Gross. Gross Dude, session. best bite, man, for me, it's got to be a tie between two things, I think. I think. Um, if you say a Ned rig, I will dunk you out of the stream. Yeah, it's a drop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, to me, it's going to be a football jig, like a big football jig right deep just baseball bat you know i love that feeling and then the other one is when <laughs> not when it's like a jerk bait bite where it's slow and you just feel like a tick mm -hmm. but like when it's an all-out small mouth jerk bait just beat down and i mean your rod just bends over i, yeah. I like a good jerk bait bite when it's when it's going yeah I, i'm a big fan of jerking myself uh <laughs> All right, Bailey, you're it's hard up. to beat a good jerk. It's hard to beat a good jerk. <laughs> no, a good jerk is what everyone needs, and uh, yeah, that's exactly right. The, the world would be a better place. So many different. <laughs> the great thing is, there's so many videos on YouTube how to do it, but you can just kind of find out for yourself what works. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go. I swear, I've been asked this probably five times in the past month. My answer is always different. Depends how I feel on the day. But I'm gonna go blade bait. Blade bait. That's one of blade. Really? Yeah. Are you fishing it vertical? Yeah. Or no. you, really? Yeah, vertical. You know, when you rip it and you go rip it again, your rod gets taken out of your hand. That's fun. So, my blade baiting's a little bit different here. I actually throw it a lot more in the spring than I do this time of year. It's a good follow-up to lipless bait, and I'll fish it like a rattle trap or, or when I just just a constant reel and just slight hops and let it fall and they jam it pretty good um, i've heard of some uh sneaky bites where guys will where on the tva when they're burning traps they'll burn blade baits instead yeah. or something different for just yeah. some sneaky, sneaky. It's, it's basically like throwing a silent lipless you're gonna get a little bit more flash sometimes with that blade bait yeah right. it's kind of cool. right, Andy. It's a little sneaky. top water great lake smallmouth well, you got, is that a tackle or is that a... a... It, unfortunately, it's a tackle, but it works. It's yeah, a big that, one. That Chartreuse Shad's a killer color. I think somebody... Like, look, I always <laughs> say if it's bone or chrome, just leave it at home. But that Chartreuse Shad, if you cannot find a bone, that's probably the second best thing. I agree. I've, you know, I don't know why. I recently... like I used to love throwing a spook for smallies. But this guy, the hookup ratio actually went up for me. Look up the land ratio, the slightly smaller, like thinner profile of a Vixen style topwater walking bait. It's a lot of fun. 30 pound braid and hold on. You're brave with 30 pound braid. I throw like 65. But also backlash a lot. Uh, 65, you know, it can't dig all the way in. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good. That's a good me? Yeah. I'm kind of about in the. However, I'm feeling it's, it's a, it is kind of hard to be a jerk bait bite. Um, whatever they're biting, you know what? Actually, whatever they're biting is really good. Actually, when they eat a the ma the magnum spoon, when you're throwing that big ass spoon and you're dropping it down, you know, 
back in the day when we had schools of more than three fish where they just four <laughs> you know those big four and five pounders want to fight over it dude they just knocked the slack in your line so hard and uh sometimes you'd get a big flathead catfish so when he's laid into it you're oh like, no oh, god yeah best catfish. i got, I got a question all right go ahead. i got a question and on the topic of spoons because i i also i love throwing a spoon whether it's a small <laughs> jigging spoon to big flutter spoon but i saw some some people trying to start this conversation and i don't know my feelings on it yet but there was like a conversation, I think it was after Pickwick, about this whole try, like purposely using forward-facing sonar to try to snag fish with right. a big spoon. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Like if it's actually a thing or people kind of reaching for that? I I had some conversations with the guys <laughs> that were there. Um, just stayed with them at, at Champlain on, on some of that stuff. And I think it's reaching to some extent. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can see them, right? Um I think if you've got a pile of hooks on something or a snagging hook in itself, maybe, but I don't know. I, I feel, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't in my experience, I haven't done a bunch with the real big spoons, right? With big trap. <coughs> I don't know how easy that would be, but I've tried to snag fish with a spoon before. I mean, I have flat out tried and it's hard, at least with a small jigging spoon, unless it's like a 40 pound Buffalo. I've, I've snagged a couple of those on purpose on live scope and it's, it's worked for sure. I like so, your save talking about carp because you just tried to almost convicted yourself. But no, well, I, I, I never say something about that. It's easier to snag a buffalo or a common carp. They just sit. One, they're just mm-hmm. sitting. Two, their scales are huge. They're thick. Yeah. And so your hook's got some friction to grab a hold of. A bass is relatively a pretty smooth scaled fish. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people. Yeah, you get an eight, ten pounder, whatever, maybe <laughs> different. But you know, we've all been fishing with a buddy that gets a bite on a treble hook bait. And he's oh, it's giant, come off, and he's like, oh shit, man, look at the scale on this thing. He's a freaking PB. Chances are that wasn't a bass. That was a, some kind of carp or a buffalo. You know, it's happened to me uh, before. <coughs> um, yeah, but I, I'll tell you my thoughts on it because I've thrown the mag spoon since the weekend yeah. hit the Tennessee River. Um, you snag a lot of fish on it. Not on purpose. I think um, right. It's been going on for a long time. Matter of fact, several years ago, uh, the former current director of FLW, Bill Taylor, got up at a tournament meet and said, I know you guys are throwing that big spoon, and if you're snagging bass with it on purpose, I'm going to ban it. And people got really pissed off and said, listen, What's the difference? And this is before live scope. So people are already snagging them before live scope on accident. So what's how are you going to ban a spoon? Even if you put an assist hook or a treble up top, how are you going to ban a spoon, but you're not going to ban a jerk bait? You're going to not burn a crankbait? Because uh, as many fish as you catch yeah. in the mouth on the crankbait, you hit them in the head, especially this time of year. Uh, and in the spring, you get a lot of swappers mm-hmm. jerk bait. And those fish are notorious, oh, especially yeah. smallmouth. They're not trying to eat it. They'll go up there just to kill it. And they're hooked yeah. outside the mouth. You spots, know, so. man. Spots are real bad at that. Just like. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. and also the cone angle. John Cruz did an excellent video about this. He, he said how hard it actually is to hit on top of a fish. So you'd have to be the world's best Bassmaster casting kid to just there's a single out there and I'm going to throw a spoon and snag it. Maybe if they're stacked up right underneath of you, or you just drop it through the pile, maybe, 
But if you're actually cast into a target, it's really, really hard. To and then how do you justify, like, I, I don't know. And again, I mean, dude, I've seen some incredible people on live scope in person. It's just like, wow. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I'm decent at it and can, and can hit fish really well. But a lot of that's like, man, I'm fishing a lot of clear water where it's like, mm-hmm. I know that fish is, you know, going five feet to it. Right. Versus I'm dropping it on his head. Um, but my thought too, with that is how would you ever prove if that fish swiped at it? Like we're talking with jerk bait cranking that kind of a thing. Like did that fish swipe at it or was he just sitting there not looking and you hit him in the head and right. you know what I mean? So <laughs> I don't know. Tough, tough thing. And it's like in anything in fishing, like some of this stuff, like, man, you can't, you can't get everything, unfortunately, in, in the rules. It's just impossible. I think it's always going to be a changing game. Right. Uh, and so if you guys remember when Zaldane caught that fish on a line through swim bait um, at Pickwick, you know, people were like, oh, he wasn't hook, hooked in the mouth. He snagged it on live scope. Believe it or not, I mean, he hooked it in the butthole. I'm not going to lie but i've done i've done that there's something those fish will knock a swim bait around or they i, I don't understand it I, i've hooked one on a bass tricks with a, a top hook and it was in the butthole and i'm like how in the world does that happen i think what happens is you're fishing and your line comes across that fish on accident and so the bait that that line kind of comes down that bait hits that fish and it spins and all of a sudden that hook just boom it's it's not on purpose. It's an accident, but you know you could also say maybe, maybe three or four fish are trying to eat it and it knocked that swim bait around. It rolled and got whatever. I mean, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Totally different than looking at them in four foot of water and snagging them with a wacky rig. I agree. You know what, these you know Zaldane the spoon guys. They're not out spraying fish. They're just out you know fishing. Valid <laughs> yeah. point. <coughs> uh, fishing that southeast says uh we need to bring the a rig back so that's something i did a small video of it didn't get any views i tried to totally randy block it but i think i think it's kind of time for the elites flw tier bbt bring the a rig back i mean i'm not a live scope hater but if you're going to have technology like that why, why can't you have a bait with five hooks and five wires I mean, let's talk about that, though. I mean, how many events do you think we would see the A-Rig take over? I mean, Every early I spring know. event, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like your your first couple, right, that weren't in Florida. So anything pre-spawn, um, you know, I think you'd have guys chucking it down the bank and, you know, huge A-Rig fans. So sure. I bet they I would work in guys. Florida on shell beds. Guarantee they do. Oh, yeah. Bet you Mikey Balls has already caught a 10-pounder on one. I'm sure. Multiple. <laughs> I, yeah, I so. could see it going the full schedule beyond a spawn event. Yeah. I don't know. Smallies um, will eat that thing in the middle of summer. I, I'm all for ones. it from a fishing standpoint because just because the A-Rig bite's fun. I would say the only thing as like a negative, and this is just personal opinion, is I just don't want to see it become like what everyone's throwing every single event because i think that become boring and i think that's the biggest factor in why they won't legalize you know, it guys throw chatterbaits every single event True. there's guys that's literally made a living just throwing a chatterbait guys I mean, just chase smallmouth around on live scope with flatworms yeah very true imagine that imagine if you banned the, the drop shot for smallmouth events 
That can everybody make would just pick up a jerk bait. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone will be jerk bait fishing, or everyone would drop. Yeah, and that'd be way more fun to watch if he was if it was only jerk baits. Oh my god, how many smallies the pros would lose? It'd be heartbreaking. You just there's TV though. That's TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, from a standpoint of a guy that I like to watch this stuff to see what different stuff guys are throwing the smallmouth events are really dumbed down it's a flatworm on a drop shot it's a ned rig every now and then you get a guy like fighter that catches them on like you know the osp or the rapala dt10 whatnot pretty simple fishing follow them around even before live scope guys set up on a drift it seems and they're staring at their 2d or whatever now it's not really that exciting until a guy catches one. The the cool thing about like the fork events, and you'll probably see this on Ufala, uh, and you're going to see guys with mixed bag doing a lot of different power fishing, some flipping, some pitching, some grass punching. You're not going to see guys just staring at the sonar all the time. So I like to see people do different techniques and mix it up, Bailey. So I do agree with your point. It can get really boring when guys are just sitting there looking at a drop shot. Flip side. If you're a pro, are you really worried about if it's boring or not? Because you got to get a hundred thousand dollar check. Yeah. Now, from an angler standpoint, that makes makes perfect sense. Right, it would be so cool this... though, like these small events, small mouth events, to watch like El Zaldane, uh, somebody that throws those bigger baits to sh- expose how smallmouth, like especially the like St. Lawrence River, will smoke big glide bait, and how sick that bite could be. Yeah. So. I got a call from a angler today and he was like, do you know anything about this glide bait? And I'm like, uh, not a whole lot. It's new. And he's like, new. This is my buddy from so-and-so central Kentucky says he's been killing for six, seven years on it. I'm like, well, that'd be news to me since it just come out like four months ago. So somebody's blowing some smoke up your tail, you know, wasn't trying to be rude. So, but, he says they're going to play. He thinks the glide bait is going to play more next year on a late series than ever before. Think mm. about that. Intriguing. There's, there's some, well, out of curiosity, uh, no, I guess it'd be kind of a pain to screen share. I'm curious what this glide bait is specifically. I'll tell you what it is. It's a clutch swim bait. Clutch. Was it? What brand is it? It's called clutch swim bait. Oh, that's, that's the brand name, Clutch Swimbait? Yeah. So I noticed they kind of do the TikTok sponsored posts and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying they hadn't been around six or seven years. I, I just started seeing them this year. I think it's called Clutch Brand Swimbaits. It looks good. I mean, the video stuff, it looks great. The I know we got some. Yeah. Uh, I know there's some guys over here in the chat, like fishing the Southeast and. Um, South Jersey fishermen, they probably know what I'm talking about. The Clutch Swimbait Company. Yeah, that thing looks sharp. Speaking of glide bait side, I did order some draws there, Kev. It's a good bait, man. Uh, they got a smaller one coming out, and I think it's really going to. Sorry. What's hey, that? man, you take that some bitch over. I hate fooling with it. So if you guys want to share a screen, you do what well, you want to. Just tell <laughs> me which, which glide bait is that? I do not know. I've had this conversation with somebody. Okay. I thought it might be a fish thirty acre. Okay. But it's not. Bluegrass brass is a clutch swim baits darter glides. Um Well I see photo by Jody White. We should ask Jody. We've had Jody on the show. A sneaky, sneaky deal. I don't know. Jody's a cool Is that dude, how man. Kyle won? I, I think so. Don't know. Um hmm. 
Rick Bartz asked the clutches mass produced a garage made. It's a garage made deal. I mean, they're not like huge, but they've obviously got some attention. Fishing South, he says, I have one and it's amazing. That dude knows a lot about swim baits, so hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say if he says it's really good, it's good. But I've yet to figure out that bait from Kyle Hall. Uh, my buddy uh, fishes the Strin Toyota Rayback, it's whatever you call it now. He's roommates with Kyle Hall, and I can't get an answer from him. Yeah, I think they're being real sneaky about it. I imagine it's going to be some random company that pops up in the next two months, and they're all going to sell out. Hmm. That, that's Intriguing. how the swim bait guys do these things. They, they leak them out, and they get them to guys. They don't say nothing about them, and then they put them for $200 a piece, and they sell out in five minutes. I need to figure out how to do that. <laughs> Yeah, it is super um, intriguing how that works. I'm trying to remember his name, but uh, from uh, he's friends with the Bass U boys. He fishes a lot of like the Pennsylvania, lower Pennsylvania, New Jersey lakes. He makes some custom swim baits that are just nasty. I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah, I know exactly. Who you're talking about. Yeah, I think Byron Childers posts some of his stuff. I don't want to say, I'd say Doc Rat, but I don't think that's it. It's uh. Oh, I can find it on here, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Have... It's not a huge deal. I'm just trying to remember what the heck it was because he makes having... some nasty swim baits. Yeah. I think it's really easy, though, to get caught up in that glide bait deal. I certainly did a few years ago. Like Seriously, I sold a bunch of my stuff. I've got four or five that I really, really like, and I kind of stick to them because, one, you can blow through a paycheck really quick. Two, um, you really need to be fishing. Like... And I don't mean just fishing. I mean, if you're going to fish a glide, you need to learn one. So you've got to actually fish one and figure out what they're doing instead of trying to buy this magic glide bait. You need to just stick with one. Like, if you can buy an S-Waver, fish it for a full day. and Figure out the ins and outs and what's it do when you slow reel it versus, you know, that, that quick response. Some baits, they pull really good. So you can throw it down there, and you can pull it, and then it can make this big, wide sweep, and it sinks. So Matt Robertson showed me that on that tater hog, dude. You throw that sucker out there, and it's such a slow sink. Well, it sinks pretty, I would say moderate, but you can pull that rod. You you make your glide and you pull it, and that tater hog will just dive. He fishes hmm. it down there in like 12, 15 foot of water. And so Dang. a lot of guys don't know that they're like, oh, I bought this glide bait. You know, it sinks three foot. Well, there's a lot you can do. To certain ones will. When on that pull, they'll dive nose down, and then you can start your slow glide. Hmm. It, it, Kev, if you had, well, we're talking like legit swim baits here. Where I feel like there's a lot of these hundred plus dollar glide baits out there right now that all kind of, to somebody that's new getting into it, look the same from their eye. Whereas I'm, I'm sure all of these are completely different. Like there's ones out there that are legit. Like if you had to, say two or three glide baits over that hundred dollar price range if someone's going to spend that amount of money what would you recommend uh so this is the one I, i've been throwing a lot lately so this is i'm gonna come with a warning on this so this company in the past has had a lot of issues shipping based to customers and there's a lot of people that hate on this dude this is called a fish everything paperweight a badass swim bait the dude knows how to make a legit swim bait i've caught big fish on it 
is this one right here. You'll probably see a video early next week of me and Matt, me throwing this and catching a jaint on this thing. Now, he smoked me with the tater hog. But this Old is jank. a fish everything paperweight. It's a really good glide to do a lot of different stuff. You can make it, you can burn it, make it cut real hard. You can reel it slow, and it's got a nice wide sweep to it. I like throwing it out there, cut, cut, stop, and, and, and it just kind of shoot, and then just slowly kind of glide out. Really cool bait. They, they make one in a six inch version. I got it tied on over here, and it's beat to hell. Really good bait. You can get them for like 150 bucks. Uh, I think a guy, he's actually now sending them to a guy that actually ships them out on time. So it's helped out. I think it's like Phil's Tackle Box. They just had a drop of them. They're hard to get, but they just had a drop last night. Uh, so I like that. If I want to go OG, one of my favorite glides of all time, you can't even get these anymore. These are badass. This is called a Shizzard. It does not look like much, but that paperweight's badass working it fast this thing will do some amazing amazing stuff i mean doesn't have a realistic tail i mean i don't know what material this is it's some kind of plastic it's cheap it's got this but i love that big eye on this thing for some reason on glides i like that big eye like when you turn it and it looks back at a bass i think they see that it's, it's kind of like a kill spot on the jerk bait uh, a lot of those og guys they'll swear that on a jerk bait if you take a sharpie and draw that black dot on there those bass see that and that's what they go for and i think on these glides that that big eye on there there's something to it this shizzard is really good i think mikey balls has got some videos on his channel i actually sent him one about two years ago he couldn't find one i, I happen to have one and uh i sent it to hmm. him uh, so that's um, i think when they sold them they're 95 dollars. nothing crazy um and then honestly you know the six cents draw yeah it's 70 bucks it's a good bait. Like, I can do a lot of different things with it. Uh, my one tip was sometimes the treble on some of these glides, if your treble hook or split ring is not big enough, it won't allow that back hook to swing. And sometimes the treble will wrap around the back of your your glide. So adjust your split ring size. That way it can swing all the way around and you're not having to re reel it in and fix it every time. Gotcha. That's a good tip. Yeah. That's a good tip. I mean... Cheap stuff, S waiver. Uh, dude, Savage Gear. S waiver, man. Dude, it's good. Uh, Savage Gear, Shine Glide. They're 15, 16 bucks. They're really good. Shine Glides. I, I got, I just, I, S waiver is good, I feel like, for if you're in a straight reel. I just have a hard time when I'm trying to twitch that thing. It kind of just goes all janky every now and then. Zach also, that's a cool point about that eyeball. I know Zach likes him some big eyeballs. <laughs> dude i stumbled upon his tiktok the other day that dude is wild i love it <laughs> zach zach's got a legendary tiktok <laughs> all right i'm going to what's up alumni nathan long time subscriber i also gotta give a shout out here to all the channel members that have joined in chat thank you guys so much for the support um and we'll have a channel member stream tomorrow night so if you're not a member of the channel you join I like to get on my private rated R um, stream that only members. So if I ever learn any of that stuff comes up, I'm going to be like, all right, which one are you snitched? But, uh, <laughs> but no, thank you guys for the support and uh, do some special stuff for y'all. Um, I had some good questions. I'm going to go grab a Mountain Dew. So I'm going to toss this to you guys. This is a great question. 
This will lead us into some. Does Black Friday matter since the industry is in a tailspin? I'll be right back. Deegan, you're, you're the business guy. You leave yeah, this one this, off. This, Dude, this is in the back. You know, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely talked to a lot of folks that have companies in the industry, um, one of which, Bailey, um, next show next Monday on the Serious Angler podcast, guys, Business from the Bass Boat episode with um, Ryan Chuckle, uh, founder of Gunpowder Media. Um, he's got a pulse on the industry because he deals with all the marketing budgets of these major companies. I mean, major companies in the fishing industry. And uh, I asked him that flat out question and not necessarily does Black Friday matter, but I said, look, keep hearing all this stuff, you know, um, what are your thoughts going into 2023? And he's like, yeah, I mean, guys are tightening up, no doubt. Um, there's, there's concern, but at the same time, he's like, everyone's kind of been affected differently. And he, and he feels that the companies that are going to prevail, that are going to keep, keep pushing a little bit on their marketing budget side of things. But I don't, I wouldn't say the industry's in a tailspin directly. I mean, I just think it's kind of more normal times. We're coming out of a, a time where it was so hot in everything, right. From boats to tackle. Yeah. And now it's just, it's going to, it's going to take us natural, slow, slow down. And um, a good point he made too, is like, say you got a guy that was looking at maybe buying a new boat. Well, things tightening up and he's maybe not buying a new boat, but what he's doing is instead of spending that extra 30 grand he was going to do to upgrade into that next boat, he may buy a new graph. So it just might be making different decisions uh, when it comes to some of that stuff. So I don't think we're in a, a tailspin by any means. I think black Friday matters. I think guys, it's a bit, it's a big part of a lot of companies uh, year is, is some of the sales that happen right now. So I, I would disagree on the tailspin comment. I just think we're slowing down a little bit. It's somewhat normal. To that extent, I think to add on that too, like I think you hinted on it briefly, but like people are worried because they're like, oh, the the industry, the sales are all going down right now. Well, they were at an all time high because of COVID. It's just going back to normal. That's all it yeah. is. I mean, the only thing I'll say is the caution is the the manufacturing, and that's really the biggest concern I, right now. Is I think the QC is shit right now. I don't think that's you know. Yes, I'm not trying to make anything bad about any company but i'm seeing bad i don't want to say bad stuff i'm just seeing stuff past quality control that shouldn't whether it's bad hooks split rings uh paint jobs are totally different um you know bills breaking stuff like that and i don't think it's you know i've seen this in some groups on facebook like, oh i'm buying six cents and these baits keep burst their quality control sucks well six cents or any company, Rapala, they're not in-house QCing. They get a sample, and they look at the sample. If the sample's good, those people overseas, whether it's Mexico, which takes them overseas, Costa Rica, uh, you know, India, wherever, we know China, they're probably QCing one out of every 200 baits, mm-hmm. you know. And so Lucky Craft, a lot of people don't know this, back in the day, uh, Lucky Craft QC'd one out of every five baits. That's a lot. That's and then, so good. now they've got this new cheaper line of Lucky Craft USA series that's like seven ninety nine 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 nine. How they get away with that? They only QC like one out of every two hundred baits. Dude, I've got a I've got a close friend I fished college tournaments with that grew up right next to Lucky Craft's uh, headquarters in the US headquarters anyway, in California. And dude, the amount of baits that I have from him is ridiculous because his job in high school was was QC, and if anything was wrong, like exactly like you're talking, he got to keep all those baits. Yep. And and he's 
He's so good at changing split rings with his hands. It is absurd. I mean, absurd just because he's so used to working on, on, uh, on hard baits. Um, it's crazy, man, but he's, uh, he's a good buddy of mine and, uh, he's Japanese, um, and, and a Japanese American, I guess would be the best way, but we need to really get him on Bailey, Andy, or, uh, and do a show with like a, I actually went to the classic with him. Is his name Steve? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. He said Japanese American. I don't know where Steve. Not, a, not our Steve. Oh. Different Steve. Uh. <laughs> oh, Steve. But that's that's such a. Yeah, we definitely where need is, him. Where is show. a? Where is old Steve Mui? He needs to be in oh, being daddy. I'll shoot, I'll shoot him a text. <laughs> no, but so but, I mean, that's a that's serious a thing. Point, these these manufacturers have rushed to meet that COVID demand. And they were so behind. Now the stuff is hitting the shelves, and it's not the same quality. It's not like the brand just gave up and oh, they're big time now. I've, I've seen them people like oh, six cents are big time. They don't care. No, it's happening with every brand. I've literally got some striking stuff the other day that the eye fell off. I'm like, dude, literally in the package, dude. It's- and even big ticket items, man. Like away from away from baits and tackle. I mean, dude, look at the amount of motors that are are having issues dude, out of the yeah. box or boats. You know, just like man, this fit and finish isn't great. So I think I think it's everything. And, and the other factor too, man. I've heard a lot of stories of like a certain part right in a motor mm-hmm. they they were having issues getting that specific part so then they go to a different producer to make that part well it's not quite the same they had you know there's little cheap parts here and there so like there's differences that's in vehicles is everything so i agree i think that i think that's a really good point to bring up just quality control is lacking in a lot of ways so we got, I love that people know exactly who we're talking about yeah yeah rick says uh, steve local guy moved to floor and dropped off the earth <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna, hold on. I'm getting dirty, Rick. Oh, can you put that yeah, back? that was rough. I'm going to take a picture gonna, of on that, Jim. Yeah, 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 I just yeah, texted yeah, him yeah, to get on the stream. <laughs> I texted him that we're calling him out on the stream. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. Oh, Rick's gonna, a great dude, man. He he runs an awesome, like, JDM shop up there in Chicago. <laughs> oh, cool. He, he, but, yeah, so there's just a lot of things. To your point, Adam, so I, I, I actually have a real job. You know, I'm a blue-collar guy. <laughs> Make a product called a Luca Bond. It's oh shit, Steve is in here. Look at that picture. Oh my god, it's so outdated. Lose me. Wow. Oh gosh, look at look at that. He looks like one ride, one reel. Wow. But uh, you know so. We get these coils of aluminum, and I I run them through this giant multi-million dollar paint machine i paint this stuff and they put it together to form this product but it's getting (laughs) so hard getting like coals of aluminum you know we've outsourced to different places and when you've got to paint thirty thousand feet of coal to make a production order for a company that's building a skyscraper and you get a man and then they got dents all in them you can't paint that because it's just it's crazy man uh when i first started though it wasn't as bad but now that you know the demand and you know yeah people say the economy is bad and i i'm not saying it's great or good but there's still a demand in certain sectors of the market whether it's fishing uh, i think the demand for trolling motors and outboards is really high right now uh, i don't know about baits but there's been guys waiting to get a you know an ultrax or Garmin or Ghost for a yeah. long time, and as soon as someone's got them available, man, they go quick. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't want to say the industry's dead. I think it's definitely on a down slope. But, you know, that COVID year, and I talked about this last week with Pangrac, um, it was amazing for the industry. People that didn't even know what a fish was were going fishing because that's all they could do. So you had all these guys spending money uh, on everything from your Strike King pond baits to guys get on YouTube, how to throw a jerk bait, and they see Ben from the Hookup Tackle talking about this crazy stuff. So they're spending money there, and they're on Tackle Warehouse. Then they seeing Ben Milliken, and definitely not me, and throwing six-cent stuff. So things going crazy. You know, people are sitting at home on their phone all day, laptops, so they're seeing the influencers and stuff really working. Now that a lot of people had to go back to work, they're not getting bonus money. I'm not getting pol- political either. It is what it is. I got free checks. I spent the shit out of it on fishing stuff. But um, those guys had to go back to work. You got Billy Joe Redneck over there in Central Eastern Kentucky that, man, I got me $2,500. I'm going to buy me a bunch of ugly sticks and buy all these baits on the internet. And he still ain't going back to work because he don't like working. But he ain't buying no fishing tackle anymore. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it'll turn around. Uh, you know, if your sales were down and say you're someone like me, I'm in a position where I hate using the term influencer, but you know, I work with companies and at the end of the day, it's about selling stuff and we don't ever want to hear, Hey man, your numbers were way down. And, but then when they say, well, that you hear from other people, the industry is down 40 to 50%. Well, if you're only down, if you were down the same amount, you actually sold the same amount of stuff in the last year. It's just that you didn't you know with the covid year it was just crazy so that's how i feel about it yeah i think the one thing right now and we'll we'll continue to go forward in the next six months and beyond maybe is like if you're someone who's ever considered to buy in a used boat i think there's some great opportunities right now i like that someone said i'm an ambassador i i I'll, i'll wear the ambassador patch quite a bit you know it's a badge you should get a badge yeah, so, you know, I think part of the deal of being an ambassador, influencer, pro staff guy, however you want, it's more than just posting on social media and, hey, man, buy this bait. Trust me, I do that. Mm-hmm. But I learn the baits. Like, that way, if you run into that random guy says, hey, man, I, I like Six Cents. I've been thinking about one one that flat finesse four crankbaits. I could just lay it to him and say, hey, man, this is what it's about. This is what it does versus yeah, man, go use my code. Yeah, I do that, but I can tell you about anything they make because I use it. And I think there's a lot of guys out there. I see it on TikTok. They're promoting something. They're trying to tell me about using a square bill crankbait. I'm like, dude, you're, that's a coffin bill. That ain't a square bill. <laughs> Andrew, uh, do you have a link to that, Andy? Because no, I will put it in the description. You do not want to see the bottom of my feet. They are just oh. right. <laughs> That's that off season for a guide. That's what that is. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna no be honest. Here. You'll never see me wear flip flops in a fishing video if I make a fishing video. <coughs> because you're embarrassed or you just don't like how flip flops feel. Oh, I used to wear them all the time. And then I got athlete's foot one time. It was not good. So let's just, 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 just put it this way. I will not be selling feet pics. But <laughs> if my wife if my wife will ever do a YouTube video with me, she will definitely be wearing some flip-flops. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, here's a good question. It's actually directed to punch fishing, but I'm going to 
uh, override that. Uh, Nathan wants to know, what do you like better, the SLX or the Tatua XT? We're talking rods or reels? Reels. I haven't used it. I haven't used the XT yet, but I've used, well, I've used SLXs, and I like those. They're pretty durable. It's a, someone asked me that about every stream, about those two reels. I, I'm a Dowel guy. And you know what? I think in the last five years, Dowel has really grabbed a lot of the market share. Because, <coughs> like, so my favorite reel ever is the, the Shimano Cronart, the OG Pearl one. I mean, it's only one speed. Uh, they're indestructible. But... Probably, I would say in the last, let's go 10 years. Uh, I really feel like Dow has made a huge comeback in the market. Like, once that Tatula hit and people started, man, this real cast really good. It's 120 bucks, And they've really taken off. Yeah, I was a Daiwa for a while. I, I like Daiwa spinning. I, I keep breaking the bait casters back when I used them a bunch. I was like a Shimano bait caster Daiwa spinning. But I'll say that, but actually, the rod, I, I got confused with the rod. The SLX rods are heavy as hell. But the SLX reels are, for 100 bucks. they were pretty sick. Yeah, I've had both. I mean, be honest with you guys, flip a coin, you're going to like where it lands. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know. I think there's a lot of that, you know, when they're close to price point, that kind of a thing. I have a hard time when guys are like, oh, this one's so much. And I'm like, man, I, I like them both. They're, they work fine for me. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you're in the north and you're fishing in the cold. Can't go wrong with Shimano or Daiwa. Right, that so, price point. Dude, so if you're all going to get on Tackle Warehouse Black Friday and you're looking for a good reel to throw those smaller finesse crankbaits, I really enjoy the Tatua SV. This is the older model. I had that newer model, but I like the older edition. Older is much better in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> smoother. I like the drag a little bit better, and I hate to say this, it fits my hand better. I know you get some guys, but it really does. I, I, but dude, the old SVs, I think they're every bit as good as as the new ones. But those those don't scratch up as bad. Yeah. I know that's a weird thing, but uh, still got a few. If you can ever find a 100P, that's the five five to one to two they made. That's a really good crankbait reel. I've thrown. Uh, like balsa baits on that in the early spring and little johns where i don't really want to fish it that fast official lethargic you're throwing a series 3xd bandit 300 stuff like that it's cold it's 45 degrees low water temps it's a great reel to keep that bait down there and really slow so all right what else we're going to talk about guys oh somebody asked earlier mlf What's your thoughts? We're going to five bass limit on the major failing. I mean, major league <laughs> fishing tour. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. I think professional fishing should. I'm not saying to that extent. I think in a, in my personal opinion, in a perfect world, the, the trails would go to like that Texas fest format where you're keeping one or two overs. Mm-hmm. to bring back because like when you look at a Bassmaster event they're they're only holding up one or two fish when they get to the scales so you can kind of combine i think they have a real opportunity there if they if they nail down on that but i'm a, i don't know i'm a big fan of the conservation standpoint right now especially because that's like i went to an asa summit which is a big kind of like industry insider type of 
event where you kind of kind of get the inside scoop of where companies' minds are at, and in conservation is on the forefront of every single brand's priority list. And I think you'll see some positive come from that. I don't. I think there's some bad PR for MLF going to the five fish format, being that they're they them and Bass position themselves at, as competitors. But I think mm-hmm. from conservation standpoint, I think it's a good thing. But I think if you want to get the best of both worlds from conservation and business to appease those that are weigh in, you go to that Texas Fest where you establish for each event, like MLF did with like a pound format when they did the every fish counts under a, over a certain pound limit. If you did a over 20 inches or over 21 inches for specific events, you brought back one or two fish to hold up at a weigh-in to appease the crowd and the business side, the, the live weigh-ins, I think you, you find a, a real impactful format there. Right. So here's, this may be controversial. I don't give a shit, but so major league fishing told us forever that every fish counts is the way to go. That everyone wanted to catch as many fish as they could. They want to score every fish. This every fish counts is the way to go, way to go. And now they go, yeah, we're just kidding on that. We're going to go with a five fish limit, just like everybody else. So they did all this, spent all this marketing, and this is the greatest thing, and now they kind of revert back. Now, that said, I'm a fan of fishing. I don't really give a shit if it's a 10-fish limit, 5-fish, or 30-fish limit. I'm going to watch if it's exciting. But I do think there's some appeal there, especially to the OG guys, to the guys that really hate on MLF or it's dink fest. Now... Let's see what it does to those guys because where's your excuse now? Okay, you won't watch it because they're catching all these little fish, supposedly. Which, if you look at the numbers, the average out about the same as a five bass event. Um, are those guys going to watch? Are they going to be fans of it? I'm interested in seeing guys fish different. I want to see Jacob Wheeler hunt five fish instead of find mega schools all the time. Yeah. Go ahead, Andy. I saw you. Oh, no, you're good. I, you can answer. I feel I bad, it, Andy. Andy's like the sick, no, like little I honestly, in the corner. It's like, oh, he's got to speak up. No, I honestly think I'm going to go and watch just because I'm like dying. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. For you. I, I'm feel good, but I think I'm going to go help my wife real quick. Y'all keep rolling. Yeah, I think I'm going to dip out and uh, I'll see you guys soon. All right. All right, Andy. Yeah, lay off for sake, buddy. Good luck. Oh, yeah. See ya. See ya. <laughs> I mean, uh, to to Bateman's point, I guess I disagree a little bit there. Um, I mean, I think that as a as a company, they tried to do something new and different, right? Because I mean, it's a it's the same story. They're trying to sell a new story, have this wild new format, create all this drama, and I think that at the end of the day people didn't appeal to it because still, unfortunately, as much as we want to think that there's a bunch of new viewers of the sport that see it on TV and will pick it up. It's like the majority of viewers are hardcore anglers themselves and they can't fish that format. So when it gets down to a, a five page format, I think there's more, uh, more people who are going to be interested in it, but that's my thoughts. I think there's been some shady stuff there. And I think that at the end of the day, like it's going to be a bad look no matter what, but I do think it's for the better. And, um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I think it's good for the sport to have more, more, more coverage and, and stuff happening. And, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'm interested yeah. to watch guys pitch differently. 
Did Andy just I, bail I out? Think yeah, he's not feeling well. I'm sorry. Yeah, As you can hear. <laughs> um, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I do think that if MLF from the get-go did the five fish format but did the way release, it would have been much more popular than the route they have taken where they keep switching. Where that, I think mm-hmm. that is a really bad look uh, coming from a PR standpoint where people are going to get confused now because you keep changing so many rules, adding different litigations to events, different new events that happen each year. When you change so much, it's really hard to keep up with. That's why you hear about, especially from a media standpoint of like consistency is everything where I think if from the get go, they did a five fish format, but it was way release. I think you would see it be much more popular than it is now, in my personal opinion. So I'm, I'm not an MLF hater because they are in my hometown. They employ a lot of people uh, here in Benton. And I've known some of those tournament directors for a long time, but now they're those guys I've known have retired since move on. But that's a big organization. Definitely want to keep that in my hometown. But somebody made a comment here, and not again, not trying to be controversial. Doug says they also said no entry fees and a lot of other stuff. They have failed so far. So that's my biggest concern with MLF is it's been promised this, promised that, and then they go back and change now supposedly the anglers all vote on that so if it is like a union and the anglers are voting on these changes then so be it but i just see you know people are like somebody just literally commented uh i liked it where they just showed up to a lake and fish that's kind of what i was hoping the bpt was they really wouldn't release the schedule all of a sudden they just say hey we're going to be live this week at kentucky lake oh shit they're here you know and you have your tour like that but you know, like MLF, about like a couple events. Yeah, so I'm kind of thinking, my opinion, go back. Why do we have a Bass Pro Tour and a FLW Tackle Warehouse Tour? It's essentially the same thing because all the BPT guys are going to fish those tour events. So go back, have one elite level tour there on MLF, and those guys qualify in to fish those Cup events that are go to Mystery Lakes and stuff like that. Make those high profile you know, five events a year, high paying, but you've got to qualify for those instead of just put, you know, certain select guys on those. The the cup events that they would fish that were like that, the show up, you, you know, like where you're going, but like you don't know what lake you're going to until the morning you mm-hmm. get to the lake. I think they missed a big opportunity there to live stream those. I think if you live stream those, that would have made for really cool TV. Yeah, absolutely. no one would know where they were. Like, I think it would be super cool. Hmm. I will agree with Punch Fishing here. This is a great comment. I think I spend more time listening to people talk about MLF and Bassmaster than actually watch MLF and Bassmaster. And I actually do. Kind of agree with that. Um, I, I don't care yeah, if it's MLF, Bassmaster. Yeah, or MPFL. I don't care what it is. I'm watching it. It's yeah addicted to the competitiveness. And live for me. I mean, that's the biggest game changer to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of the cup events. I've never been a fan of anything going to TV. I don't think it's the way. I think a big portion of that was a Stan Cronky deal. I mean, media mogul. He's uh, he's he's all around that side of things, and I think that was a big play on on that side of stuff was to have it on my outdoors TV and all these different things to have it as a TV thing. I think there's viewership there. I just think it's hard for tournament anglers 
tournaments to to attract viewers. Um, that's always been my thought from a from an outsider perspective. Yeah, and, and let's be honest here on that. Great point. MLF and Live Scope are two dead horses that have been thoroughly beat. I have never made a Live Scope video. Uh, I mean, my stance is, dude, if you got it, use it. If you don't use it, you don't have it. Don't use it. I mean, it's you know. Yes, things are expensive and, and all that, but I, uh, you know, it, this side of fishing, the YouTube, social media, is way different than actually going out and fishing, and, and it's hard to explain that to people. You know, I'm not being negative, but there's a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about, but they'll make a video because they know it's going to get a lot of views. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that, which is... Sorry, I... I've slowed down. My wife brought me a uh, little plug here to cookout. If you guys have never had a cookout milkshake, you're missing out. Oh, man. I don't know what cookout is, but just from a milkshake. Now I'm jealous. But yeah, I haven't had yeah, a milkshake it, in a long time. It sounds good. Yeah, it's 28 degrees, and I'm, I have a milkshake here. <laughs> I mean, at that that way you're talking about, though, Kev, like the whole misinformation on YouTube, I mean, that's like a big thing in fishing, but like you could apply that to everything really now, like news that's why i don't watch the news anymore not to try to get in any political tangent here but like from a fishing standpoint there's so much misinformation out there right you could argue that certain people have different perspectives that could be of value but you need i think the biggest thing is like if you use youtube as an avenue to try to learn something you need to be able to take it with a grain of salt and put it like try it yourself right like you can't take it as like it's 100 percent I mean, I see guys like trying to reinvent the wheel on like how to rig a Texas rig worm. I'm watching the guy saying, you got to throw your big worm and you got to thread the line four inches down and your hook's hanging out by the tail. I'm like, why? Like, just rig it normal. (laughs) You'll get two to three more bites. You're probably not going to get two to three more bites. What you probably will do is you might catch a couple that were, you know, going to eat it anyway because if you ever watch a bass eat a worm, very... They either suck the whole thing in, or usually they actually hit it at the head, you know. But, you know, stuff like that, no big deal. But, you know, when I look at YouTube and the stuff I try to teach, if you call it teaching, or the videos I make that aren't just fun fishing, I want people to learn. So that's why Fluke Master, uh, Milliken, was so successful in the beginnings and really gained a lot of steam, and Tactical Bassin still does it. When you search how to fish a swim bait, Guess who's popping up? Matt Allen, Tim Little. And then they're like, oh, damn, these guys know their stuff. I need to learn about a drop shot. Oh, here they are again. Wired to fish, king of that back in the day. When, when people get in those search engines, they're searching how to fish a worm, drop shot, buzz bait, even just specific products. They'll learn about them. Those videos hold weight, even though they may not have the 100,000 views in a week, like a John B. video. Over the course of time, people are going to learn more and, and they'll come back to your channel for education. Once you've watched a, and, and this is not a hate on a Guggen video or anything. Once you've watched a fishing challenge, it's done for. You'll never come back. I've literally watched Brent Ayler tie the same uh, RP knot a hundred times because I cannot tie that son of a gun. And I go back <laughs> and I'll be on the water and I'm YouTubing exactly how to do it. But that's what I'm talking about. You know, I, I think that's a good thing play on a channel you see guys with youtube shorts and stuff like that that take off they're all about the simple stuff man there's so many guys out there that dude they're rigging like 
got a 1.5 square bill and they've got a, a swivel and a snap that's bigger than the bait on it. And I'm like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some good resources out there. I, I think one of the, I think the best educational, con- I'm curious to you guys' standpoint on this. Like Fish the Moment does some of the best educational content I think that I've seen on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The amount of time that goes into making that is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not doing Sorry, that. I don't know where to go on a tangent, but like that's a guy that deserves some praise for what he does. I've learned a lot from his channel. Yeah, I and I'm definitely not. I mean, you guys are way more zoned into the YouTube space. I, I honestly, a lot of education stuff for me comes from podcasts. I just like being able to do things and not be just locked into a video on YouTube. I think there's plenty of stuff I do watch on YouTube. But um, no, I think at the end of the day, like with everything, I mean – you got to put what you you can be book smart and learn all this stuff, but until you go out on the water and and mess with stuff, like you kind of got to find your own way and how you want to do things on your own too. Like take it, like you said, to the grain of salt and go uh, go learn on on your end too, because you got to have the knowledge and YouTube is a great way to do that. And then go apply it. You learn way more. I think you're mm-hmm. you're seeing more people too, like. The guys on YouTube, they figured it out several years ago. Like, if you make a 40-minute video, you can put 10 ads in it. Now, guys are figuring out how to make really condensed 30-second content to throw on TikTok. Whether it's, you know, ranting in my truck, you know, or whether you're trying to discuss a bait or a technique or something like that. The the whole new, the new TikTok YouTube shorts is, I watch it, I swipe it. Watch it, swipe it. And you're seeing anglers doing more that kind of social media than ever. Yeah. It's now becoming almost like an, to an extent, it's almost a funnel of platforms now where it's like you're using an Instagram reel or a short or a TikTok to funnel somebody to a larger project, say a full length YouTube video where that's getting them to like, it, it's kind of interesting how you're seeing different platforms commingle to try and draw people to this, where they're being monetized from. If that makes sense, it's kind of interesting, right? And, and again, at the end of the day, it all goes back to selling some fishing tackle because most right, it all comes out to fish. Everybody's either relate they're they're promoting a Berkeley, a Strike King, a Six Sense, uh, missile baits, anything. They want to try to sell something for somebody because you know what? If you do a really good job, they're going to hand you a check. Say, hey man, great job! You just sold us ten thousand dollars worth of jigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Anyway, got anything else on your mind, Bailey? Uh, I got something here that's kind of been bothering me. So, oh, let it rip Adam, th- Adam, this is kind of business-wise. Uh, so, I've seen a few people or a person talk about how females are mistreated in the fishing industry. That oh gosh, they don't get the same representation uh, as men and men have their men privilege and stuff, I would say that's false. And I'd also say that women get as more or better privilege in the fishing industry. Rightfully so, because we have less women fishermen, and I think many of them are very skilled. Like Christine Fisher, I wouldn't want to fish one-on-one against her. And she's awesome. Yeah. You know, do you really... I feel like we're past the point of people thinking that women can't fish. And I don't think all women are sex symbols anymore. I think people are actually like, these women, they're good fishermen. 
And so it really gripes me when a woman is on there talking about, oh, we don't get the same stuff and blah, blah, blah. Straight up, if I wore a bikini and live stream talking about fishing baits, we'd have 10,000 people in here every night. Yeah, this is a, an interesting subject. Um, I think there... Obviously, we can't speak from a woman's perspective because we don't have a woman in here to speak from that perspective. Oh, you but... do. I'm identifying as one right now. <laughs> hey, we'll just switch names because I got the girl's name, so you can you can take that. Uh, I'm now baiting. I think there. I think there's still a, probably a small traditional mindset in the fishing space that is like you're a woman. You know that whole thing we're talking about. But I think I agree that we're definitely way past that, and I think that. Right. If you are a woman that is going the right route of things uh, from a fishing standpoint, like a Christine Fisher does, mm-hmm. uh, there's a few more great examples out there, but there's there's not a lot. So I think if if they're if you're one of those, and I don't want to say come off as disrespectful, but I, I I do think you have a greater advantage than the average angler that is on the same level from yeah, just the, mean, this- the standpoint that companies are. Like we talked about earlier, prioritizing conservation, they're prioritizing diversity. And if, when you're, Absolutely. that's like a thing, that's a trend that's not even just fishing. That's across the board for all industries right now. You just have, you yeah. have an advantage. Yeah, it just kind of gripe me. I mean, we're all in this together. Let's not try to, hey, your privilege is more than mine because whether you're, you know, good looking man or you're a good looking woman or whatnot, that's life, man. So you look at, open up any magazine. I'm not going to be on the cover when they say successful <laughs> bait talk. They're going to find somebody else. But uh, I, I will argue that, like, take uh, Christine, for example. So I think some folks, and the way we, we just we talked about it, that they may have an advantage over the average male that there's majority of our percentages of in fishing right now. Um, I would argue, though, that she's earning exactly what she's making because think about how many new females she's getting into the sport dude so that's is what that's huge mm-hmm. yeah i mean dude my take on it like i have a i i see i i'm a, i'm not a woman right so i don't i can't i can't see that side i see exactly what you're saying on both sides of this i will say i've got a close friend that it works in the farm and ranch community um and is in, incredible with her job. Right. And I would mm-hmm. say that's more of an old school community than, than, uh, what we deal with. So like kind of on that side, like I see some of the stuff she has to go through, uh, uh, and hear about like some things where it's like, that's not really cool. And that's not, right. um, you know, she's not necessarily getting a fair shot because of who she is, uh, versus, versus being a guy. So like, I see some of that and I could see that happening in the fishing industry, to be honest with you. Um, but I think the vast majority in today's world, I hope anyway, like I feel like people are, are more in that new school thought process. I, it's a huge advantage in my eyes to have women in the fishing industry. We need that. We need more of that. Uh, and I think it helps grow that stuff. Now, um, I don't think there's, and, and to your point, man, like to me, I've always thought that with life things, when it comes to finances or, you know, any, anything, it's like, you know, you can't dwell on, on what you were, the cards you were dealt, right? right got to play the hand and so that's been always my thought process with everything and it's like you know there's going to be people that that are that are more gifted than you there's going to be people that have it easier than you and you just gotta you gotta go with what you got man and and that's for women 
I, I, yeah, I so that, that kind of leads me on to this. You, you see so many guys that say, well, so-and-so's got money or he's got life scope and, and this and that. Dude, I'm over here, ain't even got a damn kayak, but I don't <laughs> let that stop me from going fishing and having fun, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to play the cards you're dealt. Some guys, as many times I've been in the boat with them, they're not a good offshore fisherman. But you go shallow with them, and you're like, holy cow, you got good. Whereas me, I'm the opposite. You, usually, if you take me shallow, I'm lost. You know, but you got to, it's not just in life, it's more, you got to fish your strengths. Mm-hmm. I like that point, though, Deacon. I mean, I think the people that are spending a lot of their time complaining about this exact topic of like, oh, women have this advantage, or the, or the people that aren't working hard enough to try and get mm-hmm. their key. It's just like uh, you could put that energy towards a positive thing, right? Like if yeah. you're you're taking all this time and energy, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, right. I, yeah it's we'll it's usually the louder the louder ones you see that uh, are spending too much time talking and not enough time working. You damn right. If you it's and here I am ranting and raving about YouTube and all that. If I would actually get off my ass and upload some videos every now and then, <laughs> I'd probably do better. But. Um, but see, I mean, you're still working at it, though. But like, at least somebody like you has the humility to admit something like that. Other that. people make excuses. Yeah, my, I mean, listen, guys have known from day one. You come on my channel, I might stream every night for a week, and then you might not see me for a month. I mean, I got a real job. <laughs> That's not a real excuse, uh, because, dude, if you want to do YouTube or you want to fish full time, you better do it every day. You better be on the water. You better be learning some, even like. Uh, in the winter, like I'm talking to Menendez today, and he uh, we're just talking about his TV show stuff. Dude's got three boats right now. He's got his brand new skater just arrived. They're putting electronics. He's got his one from last year. He's taking the wrap off and cleaning it up. And then he's got a third boat. He's got old school skater like ZX202 for he bought for his son years ago. He's like, I'm putting new batteries in. I'm gonna make this my river boat. And I'm like, dude, like. Let me borrow that thing. I'm hurting for a boat right now. But uh, I'll, tra- I'll trade him a Hobie. But then he's like, <laughs> then he's telling me he's been talking to Seagar. He's been doing this with this sponsor. He's working this for a TV show. And he said, yeah, i just basically been in my garage doing all this stuff. He's really, really working, you know. And I, I think one thing that people don't understand about the pros is how much work they do uh, verbally communicating with sponsors and contracts and trying to get the stuff for the next year. That That's work. I don't like doing that stuff. I like just being able to call someone up, send them an email, like, hey, man, we good for next year? All right, cool. I'll just take the same deal. I'm not going to negotiate nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones I think that have realized that just because they're on a professional tour that they should automatically be getting paid a crap ton of money, ones that have realized that because it's not the same age as it used to be are the ones that mm-hmm. are – doing well for themselves outside of just fishing tournaments that fishing tournaments are just a bonus for them at this point i mean you think if you're a tournament angler you're a businessman mm-hmm. fishing is your business yeah you're a sole proprietor and this is your this is your job man it's true if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur are you going to work the bare minimum 25 hours a week or are you going to work 100 hours a week I know what I'm going to do. I'm busting my ass as much as I can. I'm going to, because at the end of the day, you're going. That's the only way you're going to succeed and make more money. Yeah, I mean, there's I, the thing I like about entrepreneurship and, and any, anything like that, or if you're 
independent contracting versus like a W two employee. I like what I like about it. The one benefit that I see to it is it's the harder you work, you know, the more you get paid generally. I mean, to some extent, like you, what you put in is what you're going to get out of it. Right. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean dollars. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's rewarding to see your own self succeed. You know what I mean? Whether if you're just working for somebody like I do, my normal job, it doesn't matter if I bust my ass for 10 hours or for, uh, two hours i'm getting paid the same rate now they do give me bonuses and i'm not saying i i work hard i like doing a good job you know it makes your job easier when you do a good job but uh there's more sometimes more incentive doing it for yourself like self you know man i did great and when someone compliments you they come to man your business is doing awesome your fishing's doing awesome they, they feel good about it but we're on everything but baits right now. Any of y'all, any baits y'all guys want to talk about? I I really you should have any... brought more into here, but yeah. you got uh, any secret juice? Oh, I got some secret juice for you. It's not right, really let's secret, see some but... secret oh, juice. Uh, I don't know if I freaking have it with me. Oh, yeah, it's so secret. You ain't got it with it. All right. Well, <laughs> I... it's in the garage. You ever, you ever use a snap jig? Yeah, so Bertrand talked about Snap Jig uh, a couple streams ago. Uh, that thing's legit. Put a little yeah. like a little general or like a fluke style bait. That thing I've I've watched like Gary Klein wax them in Florida on it when nobody could catch him on anything else. In Florida, yeah. Which really it's really? it's known as like a walleye northern smallmouth bait. It's fish super just cool. The bottom. I mean, you're fishing like a blade bait. I mean, just he fishes it like a blade bait, or kind of more like a more or less not like a blade bait, but like kind of like a lipless, where you would more of like a subtle action where you, you know how you rip a trap. It's more of kind of like a subtle deal with that. Where you're casting it more of a subtle lift, and the bait comes up, and then it kind of does that that trap flutter down. But it's just it's just super subtle because it's a jig head with a small plastic. Pretty slow. He's fishing it. I mean, like raise the rod, reel again raise the rod that kind I mean, of you thing. can you can lift because if you could throw a half ounce you could lift it like slutle it's only going to go up foot and come back down you can work it hard but one thing it's kind of wild he does is he will throw like a lighter one up shallow especially clear water and snap it like a jerk bait and it'll literally walk side to side it, it's kind of wild it, mm. it's better to be shown than instructed but yeah gary's he's a wizard with that thing but that's a sneaky bait that i mean andy if he was on here could talk about it especially like great lakes that you're not catching them on a blade. You're not catching them on a net, but you're throwing that snap jig and you're smoking them. You guys right, have so caught them on spider bass lakes too. So just to address uh, Clay Tail Cast, I, I, I'm sorry if I butchered. He, he said not being a troll. I don't really think anybody's being a troll. He said show me someone other than Christine Fisher that has competed. Uh, Melinda Mize made the All American. She's stud, uh, dude. She's fun. It was like an angler of the year, wasn't she? Yeah, Melinda Mize. Is a, a damn good fisherwoman, uh, and Pam Martin Wells. I mean, those two. So, uh, obviously, uh, there's just not less, as many right? women, huh? Yeah, exactly what you're saying. There's just there's, less. I mean, think about how many guys suck at fishing. Women. <laughs> there's plenty of guys well, that suck at fishing. <laughs> you know? So, since this is a bait show, I gotta show you this new boss of bait. So, I got this from a guy's name's Randy Gross on Wood Bait Nation. If you guys, Adam, I don't know if you're a crankbait guy, Bailey, you might want to join this group. You'll see guys building awesome balsa baits all the time. My favorite balsa bait maker just quit. He just up and said he's not going to do it anymore. I respect that. He says, 
building boss will really hurt his allergies. So I picked up this from a new guy. His name's Randy Gross. Check out this thing. I don't know how good you guys can see that. So this is a foil. Yeah, yeah it's at that smaller, almost like Little John size. Yeah, got the, the computer board. I like that too. color. Dude, I do too. Yes, it's got purple, but I thought when I saw it, it I, the way the picture was, I thought it had a black back. I was like, man, that's just a good, like that old school Rapala shad color that's like that full with the black back. Yeah. Like, Dude, exactly that thing, what you're talking about. It looks so simple, but one day, years ago, I, I fished a charity tournament, and this kid said, it was a crankbait bite. I said, uh, I said, well, you got cranking? Any crankbaits in your box? He's like, yeah. And he pulls out a DT6 in that shad pattern. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be fishing over like 20 foot of water. Dude <laughs> whipped my ass for like an hour. And I'm digging in my box. Where's all my shell? He's catching these suspended fish that are like up on top of like right at the break of the ledge. And he's just throwing that DT6. It was just that old shad pattern. So I went out and bought a bunch. And there's some to these like full baits you know i think the way maybe the light flashes off of them i'm not really worried about what's on the back but it just looks very natural you know i like that chartreuse right on the front like the chest of that bait yes yeah i like that too this dude did a really good job i'm gonna throw this in the pond next door it but dude if he can make me some craw colors in this little bait right here i think we we got a dog that's gonna hunt pretty good now twenty eight dollars that's after shipping. I mean, I ain't scared. Um, yeah, I think it's legit. I like the paint. The paint is the paint job on that is impressive. Yeah. So what's you get on that wood bait group, and you'll notice the time these guys take on these baits. Like it's an art form. So it doesn't bother me to pay that much money because I know that that didn't take a guy ten minutes to make. Like even if he CNC'd it, he still had to paint it. He had to tune it all that stuff. So I don't mind throwing a guy some money because he's working for it. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Anything else you want to add to the stream tonight? I mean, Adam's you guys got going on for of, Thanksgiving. Look kind of bored. No, man, I'm just, I'm tired. It's been a long, long, bro. Week. I worked 16 hours yesterday. And I've still got, I got the juju going. Look at you. I got, I got the juju. this morning. But no excuse. I was, I was still working at 4.30. I'm getting up at 3.30 tomorrow. I wish I would say I was fishing, but I, uh, I'm i hunting. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to hunt this year. Let's go. Really? My brother suckered me into uh, – he made me feel bad because him and I are the only ones left in New York. And he's like, man, I want to go hunting, but it really sucks to go alone. He kind of kept hitting on that when we were on the phone. I was like, fine. Like, I'll go get my license. So I'm getting up early tomorrow, carry on our tradition of hunting every – every thanksgiving so hopefully we put some venison in the freezer tomorrow nice dude i love me deer meat mm-hmm. rifle tag or what chili? is it ah, just white tail no but uh i mean uh archery or rifle or what can oh be sorry 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 yeah it's uh it's gun season here in new york nice. uh, watch it watch them pew pews i don't want my channel getting demonetized <laughs> it's uh for the, it's for a, the 500 yeah. views <laughs> i get it's nerf guns <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys got going on for thanksgiving now what are your plans well my wife has a pretty big family so let's just say that i'll be eating a lot and uh i'll be pissed off about three o'clock too many people around i like all these people but i don't like being around people you, you see yeah. what i'm saying 
Yeah. I'm a social guy, so I don't mind being around people, but I, uh, do you get hammered on eggnog and everyone's like your best friend at Thanksgiving? <laughs> I'm not or the like biggest eggnog, eggnog fan <laughs> or whatever you're yeah, drinking, but yeah, no, man. I, I mean, no, I have a good time. Um, uh, I'm just fam, fam's in town here in Colorado. So, uh, should be good. Just a good time to see the family and that kind of a thing. Nothing too crazy. All right. So totally stop. I don't know a whole lot about you, Deacon. I listen to your streams. You're great. And or did you say you're in Colorado? That's where I live, man. Ah, oh, I got you. Do you ever go to the Red Rocks? Oh yeah, yeah. Damn. It's like 45 minutes, an hour from the I'll house. We having to hit this guy up for some Taylor Swift tickets or something. There you go, dude. You see the stuff with those <laughs> tickets sold out so fast. I know. Imagine if we could get Taylor Swift do some kind of fishing promotion. How big she is. Oh, if she was just a, if she just had a you know the whole Matt Robertson an ugly stick with a bobber, <laughs> paint it pink. How many would sell? Oh my gosh! My daughter's six and she loves Taylor Swift. I don't know. If there's a fishing brand out there, maybe a Bass Pro Shops that could even afford to get any her to even get her attention. I don't think you have to. You just got to get lucky and get in the right situation like a photo not paparazzi but you know most of the country music singers and stuff they like to hunt fish all that now i don't know if taylor swift does but uh you know i think it hey i'll be straight up i was thinking this the other day y'all can hate on luke bryan all you want to look what that dude's done for fishing he's got two songs that specifically mention bass fishing uh he's big in with bass pro shops and stuff like that it Maybe his music's not for everybody. That dude's a true fisherman and conservationist guy. Guy get a hat off to him. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, I heard something about how the reason he even started playing music in the first place was because he wanted to have wanted to be able to fish. Like he wanted to have a place where he could go buy a pond mm-hmm. or buy a place with a pond on it and stock it and that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't know. It's not for everyone. And Zach dude. in the comments, I live in northern Colorado, like Fort Collins area would be the probably closest. So I've I've been a few times. I've been to Tell You Ride like three times. Oh, yeah? Elk hunting. Tell You Ride's gorgeous, man. Yeah, dude, it's some of the most beautiful country. It's not fun to elk hunt because it's straight up and down in a lot of places. And so, That's elk hunting, dude. Yeah, I ran out of breath quite a bit. <laughs> it's rough, man. Yeah, fun so, stuff. Though. I've been watching Yellowstone. We're totally off topic right now, but I've been to Montana <laughs> several times. And uh, someone made a comment on Facebook the other day. Said, "There's too much drama on Yellowstone for me." I'm like, "Bro, if you've ever been to Montana, like, there wouldn't be a TV show if there wasn't any drama because that place is boring. <laughs> Unless you like to hunt or you're a cowboy, it's pretty boring. Beautiful scenery. So, yeah, you so. can't beat Montana. That place is the coolest awesome. place I've ever been to." Oh, yeah, I like Montana a lot, man. Um, a lot, a lot, for sure. All right. I've got to go help my wife with some stuff. We've been on for an hour and a half. We've talked a little bit about baits and a lot about everything else. <laughs> I'm trying place. to think of any... I felt like I had a hot, lot more impressive hot topics list before I streamed, and then I don't write notes or anything. I guess I should, and... <laughs> Now I'm just kind of spinning my wheels. But I've always told Bailey I'd love to have him on the stream. 
Uh, Adam, thank you for joining me. Uh, I would love to have Good. both of you on your own individual streams, and we're not going to leave Andy out. Uh, and we'll pick some great topics as we actually get into more fishing season. Uh, and Adam, I'd definitely like to have you on here to talk about the bass boat industry and the business side of things sometime. Um, but um, anyway, uh, I'll be back members only tomorrow night thursday night black friday late sales and, and what i want to ask you guys if you know any black friday sales bailey adam anybody uh anybody in chat send me a link to it on instagram uh so i can throw something up thursday so everybody knows where all the good sales are and everything but Heck yeah uh, it, before we get off it is thanksgiving and the point of this was well, I made it baits given, and we really just talked a little <laughs> bit of baits. But it's Thanksgiving. What's something that you are thankful for in the fishing industry? Go ahead, Deegan. You look like you got a smirk or something. Mine, mine's mine's <laughs> legit. I'm not even joking. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, dude, the, the 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 passion that guys have in the community around it. I mean, that's the biggest thing to me. It's the reason I'm drawn to it. Um, I like talking it. I like, I love tournament fishing and I just love hearing and seeing everything about it and, um, hanging out with people that get it, like everyone commenting on this stream and, and that kind of a thing. That's uh, I love the community side of it. Thankful for that. Yeah. I, I am thankful for the creative space that the fishing industry has morphed into because, if you have a passion for it, you have the work ethic, basically whatever the hell you want to do, you can make happen in the fishing industry, which I think is super cool. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, you couldn't say that. Basically, if you weren't good at fishing, you probably, you better try to make it on the business side. And if that didn't happen, good luck. Uh, so I am appreciative of the willing, like the ability to be creative in this industry. Whereas you see videographers, editors, whatever the heck you want to do, YouTubers, it's a whole different world now. There's a space for everyone in the fishing industry. And so right. kind of leads me to this. I'm thankful for someone telling me years ago, I'll never be a professional angler. And I took that to heart. And I learned to get good with a video camera, get good at editing. And I started diving into the baits. And I learned my niche. And I'm really thankful that so many people will get on to YouTube at nine o'clock on a Tuesday night or whenever we've had, you know, almost 200 people tonight. We've had thousands of well, hundreds of people at one time watching a redneck guy talk about baits like that. But I'm really thankful that I didn't take that advice the wrong way and didn't just stop what I was doing. I'd love to have been a professional in fishing, but sometimes you got to look at the big picture. And I think it worked out really good for me. And I've made some great friends. Bailey, I consider you a friend. Adam, we're now friends, whether you like it or not. You're on I'm, stream. I'm with you, man. Heck yeah. <laughs> and, and all the guys in chat. And uh, always take something. When life hands you a lemon, make some lemonade. And I was thankful I was able to do that. So, Hell yeah. Yeah, man. That'll wrap awesome. her up. Nice yeah, little more. I'm going to preach to you guys a little bit, and I'm going to go to bed. But uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining Adam Bailey. I appreciate y'all. Uh, I may play a little Warzone later. If y'all got Xbox tags, even chat, DM me, I might add you. But I'm just warning you guys, if you play Warzone with me, you better not record me and cancel me. It's going to be bad. So, Thank you, Zach. Dude, I got to go fishing with Zach. You were talking about making some redneck content. I don't know if TikTok oh, yeah. can handle that. So, but you anyway. need to get with Zach. 
He's a great dude. I'll get him on a stream. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about some good old redneck stuff. But Anyway, oh, yeah. guys, y'all have a good evening. Thank you, guys. Make sure you go over there and subscribe to Serious Angler uh, on YouTube. Download his podcast. Eventually, I'll download these and make my own. But uh, <laughs> everyone have, too, a happy and, have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Thanks, Bailey Adam, for joining me tonight. And, and thanks, Andy, if you're still listening. And screw you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all. And we'll see y'all on the next one.